0: The ACLU is lamenting the fact that a man who was a rapist and a murderer did not receive quote unquote gender affirming care before he was executed by the state of Florida. Also, a member of the World Economic Forum is dreaming up the possibility of an artificial intelligence authored religious text that would replace the Bible. We've got all of this and more, some serious and then some very fun at the end, so you'll want to stick around for that. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use code Allie at checkout. That's GoodRanchers.com, code Allie. Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Thursday. Hope everyone is having a Lovely week so far. So, a couple things right off the top: be praying for uh, one of Vodi Bakum's kids. He had an injury yesterday, which is why, kind of in the middle of the interview that we were recording, unfortunately, he had to go to take care of that emergency. But we've been in touch since then. He said everything is okay. It's a pretty minor in the grand scheme of things injury, but just make sure that you're praying for Dr. Bakum and his family and his uh, one of his kids that was unfortunately injured. But because I know that you guys love him so much. And we have something really interesting to talk about. I will have him back on as soon as we can reschedule that. So keep them in your thoughts, keep them in your prayers. Um, a couple other things that I wanted to mention. Uh, we've got a uh, promotion going on, on blaze tv.com or blaze merch, I think is the is the link blazemerch.com you but you can go to alimerch.com Allymerch.com to get my specific merch it's 20% off the whole shop so 20% off if you use promo code baby lives matter baby lives matter and this is in honor of roe v wade being overturned on Uh, June 24th, 2022. I cannot believe it has already been a year. Praise God. Praise the Lord for justice after years and years of prayers and work and effort, both in the public and the private, the political and the personal spheres, working so hard to ensure justice and the possibility of protection through legislation of the dignity and the right to life of unborn children. So to celebrate that 20% off the whole shop, AllyMerch.com, use Baby Lives Matter. We'll put this information in the description of this episode so you can just click right on it. Right now, I am wearing one of my new pieces of merchandise. The rainbow belongs to God. These are comfort colors t-shirts. And if I mean, most of you know what Comfort Colors is, but especially if you were in a sorority in college, you definitely know what Comfort Colors is. These are the best t-shirts. They're like a nice thickness and they just fall really well. They fit really well. They're super soft and high quality. This says the rainbow belongs to God. We'll put up the other one that we have too. And that is No Way at Covenant Month because the rainbow has always belonged to God. In my opinion, it's not a matter of reclaiming or redeeming the rainbow. The rainbow has always been gods and we went through at the beginning of the month of what the Noahic covenant is why it's important and how we distinguish between the rainbow that is the lord's the natural rainbow that he created that he hangs in the sky to remind us of his faithfulness and his promise which has seven colors versus the pride flag which has the six colors and now it has all of those other garish combination of colors too it's just a perversion of god's promises in the same way that all of this sexual and gender confusion is. And so we celebrate what has always been God's, what is always and will always be rightfully His. Noahic covenant and the rainbow belongs to God. Obviously, you can wear these outside of June too. Uh, So if you have been waiting for a little bit of a discount, we've got that 20% off. And also speaking of merch, we've got something exciting coming next week that a lot of you guys have asked me about. This is, I'll just let you know, related gals and related bros. You're going to be excited about this. I won't tell you exactly what it is, but I will say uh, these items are being sold by very popular and indignant demand by many of you on Instagram. So a lot of merch coming out next week, but for now, go ahead and go to my shop, allymerch.com for that 20% off that we have going on with Baby Lives Matter. Okay. Another thing I wanted to say, if you love this podcast, please give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Just tell us briefly why you love it. A lot of you guys over the past week or so, because there's been a lot of controversy and some, you know, anger and pushback with some of the more, I guess, controversial episodes that we've done on mental health and things like that. So many of you have been so kind to reach out and give me words of encouragement and give me kind words. And that just means so much to me. If you want to, you can also leave a kind sentence or just one word. It doesn't matter um on the apple podcast review that would mean a whole lot to me thank you so much for doing that and then i did want to say we're going to give a little bit of an update on this submarine story that we covered um yesterday. But I just wanted to say before we get into it that I did receive some of your messages and some of your comments saying that you felt that our attitude yesterday in talking about this very serious and sad story was flippant and that maybe we were a little bit too giggly. We were laughing a little bit too much. And I do apologize for that. I receive your feedback and I appreciate your constructive criticism. That was not the intention. The intention was not to be flippant about human life. Obviously, these are image bearers of God. We don't know What their death was, we're guessing at this point that they are probably dead, maybe have been for a long time. But I mean, it's always tragic. A couple things I think that probably affected that, just so you know that it wasn't that we didn't care about these people. Number one, we were rushing to get into an episode that we did not prepare for because our interview fell through very spontaneously so we were kind of just putting things together and right before we started recording we were legitimately giggling about something else entirely unrelated that had nothing to do with the show and so we were laughing and in a light-hearted mood and then we started talking about this and then another thing that I think affected it again not an excuse just letting you know kind of where we were um, is that this has and I'm not saying this is right but this story really has very quickly turned into a meme online It turned into something very quickly that people were kind of laughing about and memeing because it is so absurd. It's so ridiculous. It's a situation that most people wouldn't find themselves in and that someone had to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to engage in. And there were so many steps that were not taken to ensure the protection and the safety of these people that I think a lot of people were just pointing out how absolutely ludicrous and avoidable a situation like that was. All that to say. These are image bearers of God. These are human beings. These are human beings that have family. Now there's been some weird things about some family members that have come out about these people. I think this is probably going to be a story for a long time, Um, but it's it's absolutely terrifying. And we did point this out yesterday. There was some gravitas in our conversation. Absolutely. Um, It's terrifying to think about what they went through how they died what those last moments were like how torturous that must have been and just the hope and the prayer that somehow the gospel was preached to them and hopefully believed by some or all of them i mean that's my hope that's that's my prayer and it does remind us of the fragility of life here today gone tomorrow doesn't matter how much money how much prominence you have um you're never insulated from the finiteness of life and that's something that we can just all um, all take to heart, and all remember, and also again, I don't like my husband and I were talking about like there are some fun things that are risky, uh that are you know riskier than others. I think adventure is fun, but I do think doing things that are for no reason increasing the probability of death again different than being like a soldier or something like that that's just not something that i find a lot of thrill in so i know everyone's made differently but that to me it's like i i want to be a really good steward of the time that god has given me and so while you shouldn't be entirely risk averse i also think that there's a balance there and having some prudence and the kind of activities that uh, we engage in. So no matter what, pray for these families and um, pray for the people who are affected by this awful, awful situation. But I just wanted to make sure you know that we are taking... Any loss of life, seriously. We always do. And I apologize if it came across differently yesterday. All right, I'm gonna give more of an update on that story. But before we get into it, let me pause and let me tell you about our first sponsor for the day, which is Carly Jean Los Angeles. So I am wearing my Carly Jean jeans today. As you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, they're the wide-leg jeans that I absolutely love. I'm wearing my own merch on top. I'm usually wearing a Carly Jean shirt too, but uh Carly Jean jeans on and they're super comfortable. You guys know I am 30 plus weeks pregnant. How am I still wearing my Carly Jean jeans? Well, it's because they are super versatile through all stage of life and I am wearing my belly band, which actually Carly herself introduced to me. I don't know how I've gone through these pregnancies without a belly band, but it actually is fantastic and makes life so much easier. And you don't have to buy those uncomfortable maternity jeans. Just do all your shopping at Carly Jean Los Angeles because their dresses and their tops and their pants really work through all stage of life and make you feel good about your body in all stage of uh, stages of life too. Their basics line is all made 100% in the USA, which is awesome. This is a company run by a family that loves the Lord, that loves the values that you and I have. And that's what I appreciate about them, as well as just their amazing clothes, which I am wearing basically every day. Go to CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com. Use promo code Allie B for 20% off. CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com. Code Allie B for 20% off. CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com. Code Ali B. So let me just give you a little bit of an update. This is what I have as of this morning from Fox News and CNN. So missing Titanic submarine update Canadian underwater robot searches ocean floor as oxygen levels dwindle. As we said yesterday, there were only uh, 24 hours left of oxygen. So I think as we're speaking right now, like the oxygen should have already run out. As far as we know, they haven't found them yet. We said yesterday that they heard a banging noise somewhere. They were trying to track the submarine down. I still don't understand everything about how we are unable to track them and retrieve them quickly um so this is what this is what we read so far search efforts have involved the use of uh, aircraft and sonar the sub is carrying five people as we read yesterday a former u.s navy captain with submarine command experience told cnn that the submarine would have frost on the inside due to almost freezing water temperatures at that depth i think that's something that we forget about there's so many different things that can kill you when you are in the water even when you're not actually when you're you know insulated or protected by a submarine the oxygen inside the titan that's what the submarine is called is estimated to run out sometime thursday morning this morning it's believed that the sub has 96 hours or four days of life support for a crew of five passengers the coast guard also said wednesday night that the underwater sounds have been detected in the search area resulting in the redirection of remotely operated vehicle operations to explore the origin The Coast Guard said an area twice the size of Connecticut Connecticut has been searched so far. It's wild. There's so many questions about this, so many conspiracy theories. My friend, I'm not on TikTok, but a couple of my friends who are on TikTok uh, were telling me yesterday about all the different theories and stuff that they've seen on TikTok, all of the different insight that people say that they have or do have about what's going on, what could be going on. There's always going to be conspiracy theories when it comes to something that's mysterious like this. Some people are pointing out how strange one of the stepsons of one of the guys is acting considering what he's posting on social media while his stepdad is trapped in this submarine going to a blink 182 concert like just living up his life celebrating as usual apparently said something like this is what my family would want for me very strange situation going on there. There's going to be a lot of theories. All we know is that there was and is a loss of life unless there is some kind of miracle that develops today. Very, very strange story. All right, let's get into the rest of what we want to talk about today. And I'm finally going to talk about this crazy story that I have been wanting to discuss for the past few days because I just could not believe I could believe, but it's just continues to be stunning to me, the things that the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, uh, the things that they say and how far they have fallen over the past few decades. Although a lot of people would say that they've always kind of been um, a progressive group that doesn't care nearly as much about the principles of free speech and freedom of religion as they say that they do. So maybe this is just a natural development. And also, by the way, I will say, even before we get into this, uh, that we will get into the Hunter Biden and the Donald Trump stories next week. Like there, I know that there's a lot there. I know that it's important. We haven't covered them yet. Things are still unfolding. We will have a guest on next week who will give us some more understanding of what's really going on there. But today, let's talk about this. The ACLU complains that the state of Florida failed to provide, quote unquote, gender affirming care for a convicted murderer. So, Here's what the original tweet said. And let's see, this was on when did they when did they tweet this June, June 16th? They said the state of Florida never provided medically necessary gender affirming care to Dwayne Owen. So there's so much going on in that one sentence. First of all, quote unquote. Okay. So first of all, gender affirming care means actually like mutilating your body or trying to change your body to change the presentation of your body to look more like the opposite sex. That's what that actually means. There's no such thing as gender affirming care in the sense that you can't affirm something that is not biologically true by trying to change your body. It it assumes the differentiation between gender and sex. That sure you can be biologically male but your gender, what you feel you are on the inside actually trumps that physical reality. And so you should change Your body, in order to try to conform to what your mind and your heart feel about what your so called gender identity is. I mean, that's completely bunk. There is no scientific, real category of gender identity. Gender and sex are completely interchangeable, and we are what our gametes say that we are. You can try to change your voice, you can try to change your appearance, you will never become the opposite sex. That is fixed. So that is Orwellian speak right there. And then they say it's medically necessary. Well, no, it's never medically necessary for a man who feels like he's a woman to get breast implants. It's not medically necessary for a man who feels like he's a woman to take estrogen or to be chemically castrated or to be really castrated. It's never medically necessary for a young woman who is, is insecure about her body, who hates being a woman and wants to pretend like she's a male to have her breasts chopped off. These are not medically necessary things. These are aesthetic things. These are things that people are told will assuage their confusion or their trauma, but they don't. So that's one part of this sentence. We have to like constantly define our terms because things have just become so convoluted in today's lexicon. So the ACLU goes on to say, causing her, her, Dwayne Owen, her enormous suffering and violating her right to be free from cruel and unusual punishment for more than 30 years the 30 years that she was in state custody. And then a follow up tweet says in legal papers she drafted, Owen wrote that she should be accorded the essence of human dignity and be allowed to become who she was meant to be before her death. No one should be killed by the state. So just anti-death penalty in general. Uh, The time to end the racist, unfair and cruel death penalty is now. Wow, there's so much in here. So let me tell you a little bit about Dwayne Owen, Dwayne Owen, the reason that they're talking about this um, was because he was executed by the state of Florida. So immediately when I saw this, I wanted to know, well, who is Dwayne Owen? What what act did this person commit? Because what the ACLU is saying is that he should have um, he should have gotten taxpayer subsidized uh, gender transition surgery and hormone therapy and that it, he would have been, he should have been transferred to a women's prison because he said he was a woman. So he was really a woman. Well, what did this man who the ACLU is saying should be transferred to a women's prison actually do? So I immediately looked it up. Here's why he was executed by the state of Florida. In 1984, Owen raped and murdered Karen Slattery, who was 14. She was babysitting two little kids and then according to reports he slaughtered her he took her into a bedroom um and raped her corpse he stabbed her more than 18 times uh, butchering her while the children were in bed the parents of the children then came home that night found her sexually assaulted and uh, murdered bloody corpse in a bedroom And he wasn't caught that night. They actually weren't able to physically connect. I don't really know how, but physically connect uh, the murder to him. They caught him several years later um, for the murder of another woman that he also murdered in the 80s uh, named Georgiana Warden. She was 38, a single mother of two kids, um, killed her with a hammer. And raped her in her home. One of her children found her body the next morning, according to the record. Both killings occurred in Palm Beach County. Owen had also attacked two other women in Palm Beach County, but they survived. Besides his death sentence, he also received six life sentences for his crimes. He was 23 at the time of the attacks, and then 62 when he was uh, when he was executed. Owen's defense team argued that Owen had dementia and gender dysphoria but psychiatrists for the state said Owen had a good memory did not appear to be to present himself um as female at any point and even if he had that's totally irrelevant to that's totally irrelevant to me um they said instead that Owen was sexually sadistic according to court records and so he got off on hating women on um committing violence against women killing women assaulting women Obviously, there's necrophilia in there. Redox reported from court proceedings that Owen stated he believed he had absorbed the souls of his victims and they still lived inside him. Owen claimed that he sexually assaulted women as part of a ritual to harvest their hormones and that he was, so apparently he did say this, that he was a transsexual who carried out sexual violence to turn himself into female. He had also admitted during his post-conviction psychological assessment that he had committed seven rapes and five murders, along with the slew of other crimes which were uncovered by police. All right, so this is a murderer. This is a rapist. This is obviously a violent misogynist. He hated women. Whether it was because he thought that he was a woman or not, it doesn't matter. The ACLU, their priority here is that this uh, murderous rapist be transferred to a women's prison. They don't care about the safety, about the protection of the women in the female prison. They just care that this murderous rapist is affirmed in his delusions. And like, let's just let's just say the obvious thing here that no one wants to say that. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would understand the connection or have seen the connection if it weren't for the journalists at Redox and Genevieve Glock and how often they report on these stories, there is a connection here. It's it's not random. We actually see this a lot. We see that these men who claim that they're women, they act out of severe jealousy. It's actually, they are acting out of a severe hatred for women. They view women as objects, and they loathe women. They're either envious of women, or they really just don't like them. And so they commit this kind of violence. They commit the kind of violence and they say, oh, it's because I didn't receive affirmation. Oh, it's because no one would accept me as a woman. No, you just hated women. You're just a violent man. You're just a violent man. And there are all kinds of mental health issues, I think, going on there. I think in a lot of cases, I don't know about in his case, since this happened so long ago, I think in a lot of cases, pornography, the kinds of pornography consumed by these violent men, uh, I think that plays a role. I also think a lot of times there is a history of sexual violence in their own past, especially as children. But the very last thing it is, is that, oh, society just needs to accept them as women and put women at risk to affirm the delusions of a murderer and uh, a necrophile. Like, no, thank you. No, thank you, ACLU. You are a giant joke, and you deserve to be thrown into the trash heap of history. Um, There are some anti-death penalty advocates who were very upset about this story. Um, Shane Claiborne um, claimed that Dwayne Owen was severely mentally ill and should not have been executed. Shane Claiborne said, our country is sick. The death penalty is evil. Dwayne Owen, a man with severe mental illness, was executed tonight in Florida. His final statement, I have transcended space and time. I've seen the visions of the crow. My energy and particles will transform ad infinitum. I will live on. I am Tula 13. Um, I don't see why the rantings of a murderer. I mean, we obviously know there was something wrong with him. He said, crazy things back in 1984. I don't see how that should inhibit or prohibit any way justice from being carried out. Uh, Why is the death penalty wrong in this case? It is totally just. Actually, the only injustice in this case is that it took 40 years instead of 40 hours to execute this person. After this person was found guilty, after a fair trial, after fair and objective due process of law was proven uh, beyond the shadow of a doubt uh, that he committed these crimes, he should have been executed. Now, my preference, my strong preference would be that the gospel was shared with him, that he was given the opportunity to repent and to see truth, and then that justice was carried out. It is actually unjust that he was able to live on the taxpayer dime for years and years before he received the death penalty. That is the injustice here. That's the injustice here. I've got more to say about it in just a second. Let me tell you about our next sponsor for the day, which is naturally, it's clean. All right. I'm talking about this company all the time. I post about them on Instagram because I really love their products. They are safer. They're less toxic. They don't have all those fake chemicals and fragrances that you have to worry about when it comes to cleaning products, and they're really effective. I love their Carpet uh, stain remover That's probably my favorite item And the item that I use the most You know, if you've got kids There are stains everywhere There are spills And you need something That you can spray quickly And is actually going to work Naturally, It's Clean does That's why I really love them And they're run by really good people Again, a company with our values And their multi-surface cleaner Their laundry stain remover They've got all kinds of great stuff That I think you're really going to like And will be beneficial for you and your family If you go to naturallyitsclean.com Allie and then use code Ally at checkout. You'll receive fifteen percent off your order. You can see my essentials kit, what I really like to use on a daily basis. Go to naturallyitscleancom ali Use code ali for that fifteen percent off. naturallyitscleancom ali code out So there's a lot going on here. There, are people are mad that he didn't get the quote-unquote gender-affirming care. People are mad that he was executed. People are mad because the death penalty is apparently racist. Now, Dwayne Owen is white, but they claim that it's disproportionately used um, against Black Americans, which still is not an argument against the death penalty per se. You could say that the system in America, it's not fair. We should make sure that it's consistently applied across the board, or at least from case to case in each state, um, which, I, which I would agree with. I'm not sure that there is evidence in its uh, inherent racism today just because some kind of like disparity exists. But I absolutely agree that like if you want to say, okay, we can only do the death penalty where there is like DNA present. I'm open to those debates. I'm not open to this idea that Uh, the death penalty is fundamentally, in principle, unjust. It's absolutely not. And especially for Christians to say that, for Christians to say that execution is is unjust or cruel for certain cases— like murder, you again are just saying that you think that you are more just than God, that you think you're more compassionate, that you're wiser than God, that you know better than him what justice looks like. There is no sound biblical argument for the idea that Jesus abolished the death penalty. John 8 doesn't prove that. Uh, there's no part of Jesus's ministry that says that he abolishes the death penalty. In fact, we see support for the death penalty in the new Testament in Romans 13, and it goes all the way back to Genesis nine, six, again, that Noahic covenant where God demands the death penalty for murder. Yes, of course, there are some exceptions that God makes for David, for Moses throughout scripture, but God's law is there and he roots it actually in uh, in creation. He doesn't root it in Levitical law. He doesn't root it in root it in some kind of shifting cultural or social standard. God says that you shall execute a man or you shall execute a person that murder someone else again different than manslaughter. Uh, Because human beings were made in God's image and because human beings are so valuable, because their dignity matters so much, because God upholds the dignity and uh, the innate worth and the the innate value of a human being so much above any other creature, any other animal in the universe, the only just punishment for a murder of that image bearer of God is execution. God says that before the formation of Israel, he rooted in a reason that is still just as true today as it was thousands of years ago, that we are made in God's image. So yes, execution. Now, we believe after um, due process of law, a fair trial, and God did too, by the way, due process existed in the Old Testament presence of two or three witnesses. There were a variety of stipulations that had to be put in place in any kind of legal proceeding. But certainly when it comes to execution, like we believe in that. That is very important. Even the worst rapists and murderers, we believe, have a right to a fair trial. Um, We believe in impartial justice, whether you're rich or you're poor or you're black or you're white, that should be a principle on which America stands. But to say that execution was wrong in this case. Again, the only wrong committed when it came to the execution of this guy was that it took so long. It shouldn't have taken this long. And also the argument that people put forth that, well, we should give them as much opportunity as possible to be saved. Look, I mean, God is completely sovereign. Every single day, is written out for us before any of them came to be. Psalm 139. Like God is not going to be, if God is was going to save Dwayne Owen, which I don't know, maybe he did in his last moments. If God was going to save Dwayne Owen, he's not going to be like, oh shoot, I didn't realize he was going to be executed tomorrow. That totally throws off my plans, that totally thwarts my purposes. Oh, if they had only waited until Saturday, then I would have finally saved him. I mean, that picture of God is an impotent one. That's not who God is. Like, God doesn't need us to, like, to, to inhibit justice or prohibit justice for him to carry out his plan of salvation. God is in control. Uh, he's not going to be thrown off because someone wasn't given the maximum number of days before their natural death. There absolutely are justifications for the death penalty. This was one of them. No prisoner should ever, ever, ever be given cross-sex hormones or uh, surgeries for the sake of so-called gender affirmation. No man, I don't care how he identifies, I don't care how much he says he's internally tortured, should be transferred to a women's prison. Ever. Ever. The stories coming out of these women's prisons in these mostly liberal states are horrific. Absolutely horrific. These women being traumatized by the men who think they're women in prison. It is a travesty. I mean, one of the greatest human rights violations going on right under our noses right now is women being forced to be jailed with men who think they're women who are rapists, who are murderers, who are pedophiles. It is sick. And the ACLU is 100 percent behind that. Absolutely insane. Um, Okay, we've got another similar story to this. And uh, that is, again, reported by Redux. Violent murder David Warfield, who goes by the name of Dana Rivers, was allowed to transfer to women's prison. So this is just another This is another example of what I'm talking about. So in 2016, he was sentenced for the triple homicide of a California lesbian couple and their son. He was sentenced to life without parole, as the judge called it the most depraved crime he ever handled in the criminal justice system in 33 years. It's actually pretty rare for someone to get a sentence that heavy in the state of California. They are pro-crime and anti-justice. And so very often people get out of jail. They recommit the crimes. No one's ever held accountable for this recidivism, just like in any blue area. Uh, But due to California's SB 132, also known as the Transgender Respect Agency and Dignity Act, signed into law by Gavin Newsom in 2021, Rivers has officially been transferred to a women's prison on June 16th, 2023. This person who is documented woman hater who hated this couple for who knows what reason, murdered brutally the entire family. Because of so-called transgender dignity, he, this violent murder, is being transferred to a women's prison in the state of California. Again, safety, rights, privacy of the women in that women's prison be damned. Uh, Brandon Showalter, we've had him on the show before. He writes for the Christian Post, mostly about gender issues. He said this, Dana Rivers, a trans activist man who in 2016 brutally murdered a lesbian couple and their teenage son has officially been transferred to a women's prison. This is the direct result of the lunacy of gender self-identity laws in the state of California. He was so violent and sadistic. He stabbed one of the women he killed dozens of times. Okay, I don't need to read all the details. It was a very vicious murder, he said. Uh, Some of the women he'll be incarcerated with selflessly prayed and fasted uh, for the Christian Post March 23rd event about gender ideology. Um, And so he's saying like the women in this present, some of them. Um, they, they understand what's going on. They're praying for their protection. They're praying for an end of this. I mean, some of the most vulnerable people in our society are now just being placed on the altar of transgenderism. It's so amazing how we went from apparently caring about women's rights, the me too movement, wanting women to be heard to this. Now women don't have enough intersectionality points. They're not high enough on the oppression totem pole. Now violent, rapist, in some cases, pedophile men who just happen to say that they're women, they have more oppression points. They have more social capital. They get more, they're afforded more privileges uh, by groups like the ACLU now than these vulnerable women. It's it's a nightmare. And absolutely, Christians are called to speak up against this, by the way. Absolutely, Christians are called to engage in the so-called culture war. As we talked about on Monday, I know Christians being involved in the fight about gender, the fight about abortion, the fight about women's rights in this case, the battle over these very existential and moral issues. I know it's demonized as, oh, we just want, Christians just want power. No, Christians are doing what we have always done for the past 2000 years, which is create a refuge from the predation and the chaos and the confusion of the world, a refuge of clarity, a refuge of peace, a refuge of love, a refuge of strength, a refuge of protection for the most vulnerable in our society, which typically are women and children. And so by fighting against gender ideology, by fighting against wicked laws like this, by fighting against the hijacking of our language, the hijacking of the idea of what gender is, the redefinition of the family, abortion, all of these things that put especially children, but also women in a lot of cases at risk. Yes, that is part of the responsibility of Christians. Christians have literally been doing that for thousands of years. We've talked before about the book When Children Became People by, I believe it's David Backey, that when Christianity came onto the scene, we created children as a vulnerable class of people worthy of protection rather than what they were at the time in the pagan world, which was they were just objects of sexual gratification. They were used for manual labor. They were enslaved many times. They just were neglected because the mortality rate was so high. The adult free male was the only one who was seen as anyone deserving of rights or having value or anything like that. And so when Christianity burst on the scene and said, no, the vulnerable matter." And they have dignity too. They're also made in the image of God. They have souls. We're not just matter here. We're not just materials. And actually, we are all equally dead and sin apart from Christ. And we are all equally saved in Christ by grace through faith if by grace through faith, we are saved, that radical message of equality of value and equality of worth changed the world. And so Christians got to work, not just caring for these people, but over time creating the orphanages, creating the adoption agencies, um, creating, in some cases, just revolutionizing medical care, how hospitals worked, these nonprofit organizations, these entities that helped the poor um, that did not exist at the time Because your value was judged by your productivity and Christianity and the gospel preached by Jesus Christ completely changed that, completely changed the Western world. And so Christians today who are fighting for the innate dignity and the worth of human beings, no matter their gender, no matter their age, no matter their um, disability, who are saying these people matter and they have a voice too as we are when we're fighting for the reality of gender, for the reality of life inside the womb. We're just doing what Christians have done for thousands of years. What do we always say? Politics matter because policy matters because people matter. Politics affects policy, policy affects people and people because they are made in God's image matter. Christians who think they are above the culture wars, who think they're above politics, who think they're above all this stuff because it makes them sad. It makes them depressed. They don't want to get down into the mud. It's too complicated. It's too divisive. We're just supposed to love people. This is a part of loving people. It's not the only part, but it is a part of loving people because you see how the politics in California... It pushed a law like this that then is making these women vulnerable, women that we should be caring about. The law matters. Therefore, politics matter. Therefore, Christians should care about it. It affects the real lives of real people, especially the poor, especially the incarcerated, especially the child, especially the person with special needs. And if we are not to be their voice, who is? So again, I say what's being pushed by the ACLU, what's happening in women's prisons across the country in the name of gender ideology is one of the biggest human rights atrocities that we have ever seen. And we need to care about it. We need to care about it. We need to be talking about it to our friends. We need to be talking about it to our legislators. We need to be speaking up against gender ideology wherever we see it, because it always destroys. Um, All right. Let me pause and tell you about our next sponsor for the day. and that is. Constitution wealth. All right. If you're married, you're not making the financial decisions by yourself. You are coming together with your husband and you're having these important conversations about how you're investing the dollars that you have, especially in this economically turbulent time We want to make sure that we are stewarding our finance as well, that we're investing in the causes and the missions that we really believe in that are not just going to have a temporal impact, but an eternal impact. And as we are kind of realigning our lives to make sure that we are partnering with people, with companies that actually uphold our values rather than fighting against our values, we want to make sure that where we are investing our money, um, with whom we are investing our money, that they are also on board with us, with our mission. And that's why I recommend so highly Constitution Wealth. Constitution Wealth is a Christian conservative investment company, and they are going to be with you every step of the way to make sure that you are investing your money wisely, but investing your money in places that are fighting for the things that you and I really believe in. Who is helping you make these decisions about where you're investing your money? Like it really, really matters. So, why not partner with a team of people that cares about the same things that you do? So, related gals, talk to your husbands about this, come together, have a conversation about it. Maybe set up a free consultation, which you can do if you go to constitutionwealth.com slash Allie, constitutionwealth.com slash Allie for that free consultation. Just check them out. You're going to absolutely love them. Constitutionwealth.com slash Allie, constitutionwealth.com slash Allie. Okay, I've been meaning to talk about this story for a while. It's an interesting one. It doesn't have anything to do with what we were just discussing, but it's something to keep our eye on. And I think that there's a lot to learn from this story. Um, so, AI apparently is being recruited to rewrite the Bible, to correct. The Bible to make sure that it's politically correct and that it's, you know, in with the time. So this was record or this was reported last week by CBN in a May nineteenth interview. You've all Noah Harari. We've probably talked about him before, maybe with Justin Haskins in the past. He's a part of the World Economic Forum. He's promoted all kinds of crazy ideas when it comes to artificial intelligence. He's now promoting the idea that AI will be able to generate a new globally acceptable religious book, developing religions that are actually correct. So we have a video of Harari saying this, here he is.
1: The printing press printed as many copies of the Bible as Gutenberg instructed it, but it did not create a single new page. It had no ideas of its own about the Bible. Is it good? Is it bad? How to interpret this? How to interpret that? Um, AI can create new ideas, can even write a new Bible. We, you know, throughout history, religions dreamt about having a book written by a superhuman intelligence, by a non-human entity. Every religion claims our book, all the books of the other religions, they humans wrote them. But our book, no, 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 no. It came from some superhuman intelligence. In a few years, there might be religions that are actually correct.
0: Hmm. That's funny. Okay, so I did catch the last part of what he said, and now I'm realizing what's being quoted about him is not exactly correct. So there's so much wrong about what he said. But what he is saying, it's being reported that, oh, there are going to be religions that are actually correct because of A.I., What he means by that is that religions will be correct in asserting that their book was written by a higher intelligence because it will have been written by artificial intelligence. Now, there's still so much disturbing about what he said there. And for a supposedly smart guy, he misunderstands religion a lot. He misunderstands religious texts he misunderstands the sacred he misunderstands the printing press and he misunderstands how the bible was developed right the printing press only printed the words that were already written of course that was its job it was never meant to interpret it was never meant to correct there were men doing that there were faithful christians throughout history who were meticulously taking the time to translate the bible from the hebrew um, and from the greek to modern languages and again thank the lord for the protestant reformation which happened after the development of the printing press and helped the mass translation of the bible and again the exact translation this was a big part of what martin luther was dedicated to the translation of the bible into german Into modern languages, so the average person could read it. So it wasn't just that they had to walk into the Catholic Church and to hear something in Latin and then not really understand what was being applied or what was being said to them, how they were supposed to apply it, but that the average person could read the Bible and through the power of the Holy Spirit understand the fundamentals of what was being said i mean that changed the world you i just talked about how christianity changed the world that would not have it wouldn't have spread as far as it did if it weren't for the bible in the hands of the common person that the common person was able to become a theologian through the power of the holy spirit and the wisdom that was given to them yes by the word of god and also by other theologians and teachers we still as protestants believe um in the importance of that but we are, we do believe that we do have a higher power, not superhuman. He said super a superhuman power that has inspired our text, but that the Holy Spirit um inspired the text, that it is the inerrant word of God. And therefore, we would never, ever, ever submit to changes by artificial intelligence, which is not the same thing at all as some kind of higher power or entity. It's still something that's made by man. It's still something that is, in a sense, finite, that doesn't have transcendent understanding. It might have more understanding than us, but doesn't have transcendent understanding. It doesn't exist outside of time and space. It didn't actually create anything. Its capacity to create was created by humans, unlike God, who stands outside of time and space, who is uncreated. The I am that I am. And so, no, it's not comparable at all to say that there, that AI could somehow replace God inspiring a universal global text. And no one wants that, by the way. Progressives always misunderstand human nature. It would be impossible, impossible to create some kind of religious text that everyone agrees on. Oh, yeah. OK, we'll put my piece in over here. You can put your piece in over here. I mean, there are so many cultural differences, religious differences, political differences. Of course, we're never going to agree on what gets in some kind of man-made text to try to order society around some AI-created religion that would never, ever happen. That's why Christianity is so beautiful, because it is absolutely the most culturally diverse, the most ethnically diverse, the most socioeconomically diverse Uh a globally diverse uh, religion, faith in existence. And there is unity through the bond of Christ, through the word of God, because it is consistent, because it doesn't change based on your culture. It shouldn't change based on your gender. It shouldn't change based on your political background or your upbringing or your socioeconomic class. You might bring a different perspective to the table, but the word of God is the word of God. There is one Holy Spirit. In fact, this is reminding me of a verse in Ephesians um, about one Lord, one faith, one baptism. So this is Ephesians 4, 4 through 5. There's one body and one spirit, just as you are called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all all. Amazing. That is what the body of Christ is. Made up of many members, but it is united in Christ. It is united through the wisdom that we gain through the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God. And we will never, ever rely on artificial intelligence to change or make improvements to what already is an infallible and inerrant text. Um, But it doesn't surprise me that people like him would want that. The World Economic Forum and the rest of the Uh, oligarchs there are always looking for different ways to manipulate and to control the masses. This is very similar to what communist China has done. The CCP has tried to edit the Bible to take out anything that doesn't agree with communism. Which I actually love because it just shows the commies here that the Bible, as it is written, does not agree with communism as much as they like to say that the early Church was a communist entity or somehow that Jesus was some transgender communist. Well, if communism was actually upheld by the Bible, which is absolutely not, because it's a brutal, a uh, human dignity less ideology um then the CCP wouldn't have to edit anything they would just say everyone follow this bible but they strongly discourage christianity they hate christian worship they try to get rid of it as much as they possibly can and they're trying to edit the bible to make it seem more communist and that would go all the way back to the beginning of the bible that says do not covet not only do not steal but do not covet so the idea of personal property the idea of a right to your property the idea that it is evil to want something that is not yours and then to take something that is not yours, which is entirely what communism and socialism are, is an ideology of envy and greed, of covetousness, of theft. Um, that is, I mean, all those things are prohibited in scripture. So, of course, China would have to change it. Of course, the World Economic Forum would have to change it. Uh, but thank the Lord for the word of God. I mean, be buying your Bibles, be buying your Bibles. I recommended a Bible the other, I love recommending the ESV study Bible. I recommended it to someone the other day who I'm not sure has any kind of familiarity with the Bible. And so I think it's great for people who are either like your a brand new believer and you wanna know how to read scripture and how to interpret scripture and then, or someone who is like, you just want to get deeper into theology and apologetics. I love the ESV study Bible. I've tried other Bibles and it's my favorite. I still just credit my friend who was kind of like a mentor to me when I was in college, He was a few years older, who, when I was a sophomore in college, gave me the ESV study Bible that God used to really change my life. Um, it's expensive, but it's worth, it's worth the investment. So let's be buying all the Bibles because there could come a day. There could come a day when the only option available to us is this artificial intelligence Bible that we've got, which is quite frightening. All right, let me tell you about our last sponsor for the day. That is public square, public square. Uh, Are you tired of progressive corporations trying to push products on you or push advertising on you that is absolutely grotesque, that you hate? Don't you just get so annoyed with all of these brands who they could just not, they could just not talk about these crazy depraved things that they do during the month of pride, but then they opt to, and then they polarize you as a customer and you don't feel good, About shopping from them anymore. Well, try to shop at places as much as you can um, that actually align with your values. You can feel good about where your dollars are going. That's why Public Square exists. You download the app and you put in your email, you put in your general location, and then all these businesses will come up that actually do align with your values, which is amazing because we're trying to create this parallel economy of companies that actually support good, right and true things. And you could also list your business. If you're a business owner, then people can patronize you as well through Public Square. So go to publicsq.com, download the app today, publicsq.com to download that Public Square app. They're making it really easy to fund businesses that align with us, publicsq.com, publicsq.com. All right. We need a little padding at the end of the episode after the last ad. So I'm trying to think about how we are going to end, how we're going to end this. And I think we're just going to end it in a fun way. We can talk about the things that we were laughing about yesterday before we started the episode. Um, And I was just stunned and excited to hear that producer Brie, whom you guys love, when i have on i always get so much positive feedback about the our conversations um she was telling me yesterday that she did not see her destiny as podcast producing she no. had a different talent she had her sights set on something else so tell us a little bit about those young brie adolescent <laughs> My years big and dreams yes and how you were going to become a pop star i was going to be discovered
1: yes when i was younger I found, I don't know how I got it actually, like a tape recorder. Yeah. And which even then was like old technology. And I would record demos. Do you still have them? No. And I, I don't believe you. I wouldn't even know where to play them because they're on tapes. We could find. <laughs> we could find. But them. I also might have recorded over them. I, and my secret, my secret feeling was that like, even at the time I knew, like I would never show my parents this. Yeah. But, but you were gonna I was send like, them. if I just like leave this somewhere, <laughs> someone's going to find it. God's going to take care <laughs> <and> of <laughs> it. They're going to discover me. Yes. And it never
0: happened. What were happened. you singing? What kind of songs were you singing? Oh, it was probably like
1: Hillary Duff covers at the oh, yeah. time.
0: The that Yeah. Down. I was all that about Hillary? that album. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yep. a great album. And Disney always had music videos too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I good always stuff. wanted to do a music video. I had um, like a talent show birthday party. <laughs> I yes. think and uh, like my mom's so sweet. She always did such like cute birthday parties. Sometimes, um, some of the years and we had like a little stage and like streamers behind us, and we would do karaoke for our talent show birthday party. I remember so I was wearing fun. my Velcro limited two shirt. <laughs> limited two. Yes. Did you have a Velcro shirt? No, I didn't. So ugly. Why? But Velcro <laughs> shirts were so. Like, so cool. And you could put like whatever messages you wanted on there. So wild. Yeah. Limited (laughs) Two was my jam. When I was allowed to shop there, I wasn't always allowed to shop there. I wasn't either. I don't remember why, though. It was expensive. I think that was part of it. And then also, I don't know. There was my, I definitely wasn't allowed to shop at Abercrombie or Hollister. No, 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 me neither. It (laughs) makes sense. I actually watched a documentary on Abercrombie the other day. It's very sexual. Very. And
1: weird. Lots of shirtless men.
0: Lots of shirtless men. And And women. I under- yeah. what and women and women yeah. So I'm glad that my parents didn't let me shop there. You heard that, mom and dad. You were right, even though my <laughs> other friends were allowed to. Um, okay. So I also wanted to get discovered as a pop yeah. star. Everyone did, I think. And I like Brie. Actually, she did musical theater and stuff. I've not. I've not heard her sing, but I assume that she can actually sing. I carry the tune. I carry a tune as well as like a choir member, not a soloist. So I could definitely be <laughs> in a choir. I could definitely harmonize. Like I can stay on tune. My mom is very musical. My brother is musical. So I have a good ear, good rhythm, but I'm not, I don't have like a good voice. And yeah, of course, everyone wanted to be Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera, which I also wasn't allowed to listen to them, <laughs> but I I could listen to and sing and your voice anyway. But we had, you know, we had Michelle Branch we had Jump Five. <laughs> we had, you know, Natalie Grant, uh, Nicole Nordman, those kind of things. So mm-hmm. I was allowed to look up to them. But anyway, I wanted to be a singer and I was convinced, as kind of as like, um, at like you thought that Providence was going to, you know, lead yeah. you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I thought that if I kind of was like singing at the grocery store with my mom when we were grocery shopping. And I was just like singing to myself that someone would be like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> a talent scout. The yes, aisle a over. talent scout on aisle six just picking out flower would be like, "Wait, wait, <laughs> stop right there. <laughs> are you an angel, <laughs> or are you?" Just an average eight-year-old girl. Do you want to be on Disney? Do you want your own show? <laughs> Do you want a Disney Do you Channel sign show? Sign a record deal? I thought that that's what how it that's how it would happen, or like Tyra Banks would see me or something, yeah. and that's that's how it would. As that's an how eight-year-old. It would <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh huh. Like yeah. I probably went on until I was like twelve, and then I gave up on that, and I realized I probably wasn't going to be a singer. Um but I think everyone kind of had aspirations at some point. Why everyone made up routines. Like did you yep. make up dance routines? Yes
1: my yeah. and my sister and i would do like fake talk shows mm. where we were the celebrities going on a talk show oh that's fun yeah that's fun i still have those videos oh my gosh i'll have to show you like,
0: oh really yeah I'll i would feel so privileged to see that <laughs> i so i really liked like drama more than i liked singing as i got in high school i didn't do it that much but i do remember in sixth grade we had to do like a duet they called it a duet but it was like a play a skit for drama class and me and my friend her name was katie everyone like picked out of a pile of skits of scripts that the, like the drama teacher just gave and printed out and you just memorized the lines and you had to do them in front of like parents and everything but we decided that we were going to write ours that we were going to (laughs) write them ourselves as 12 year olds and i'm not kidding well i look back i'm like who knows but everyone was laughing everyone thought it was so funny we came up with a pretty good idea for 12 year olds that i was going to be this crazy psychiatrist and that my friend was going to come in with all of these different crazy um, like problems and that i was going to diagnose her with like i don't know some ridiculous strategy to try to over it's probably totally politically incorrect today to try to like (laughs) overcome her purported problems what was my name it was like Dr. Flannery or something like that and I had this ridiculous costume but yeah as sixth graders we decided to write our own little play so that's more of what I was into I guess that somehow connects to what I do today yeah I think so man 12 year olds (laughs) just the like hardest most awkward years of your life totally but it's character building it is
1: you know it, and a little bit of drama yeah so much yeah. drama so many hormones yeah yeah it's fun Mm-hmm.
0: fun <laughs> times fun times neither of us uh Neither of us got discovered. No, I'm still waiting. uh, Still waiting. Okay. (laughs) To be discovered. Well, we've landed in the podcast realm. I guess that's the next (laughs) best thing. If you can't be Britney Spears, yeah. Actually, I think that we're probably doing better than Britney Spears right now. But we won't. Yeah, that's probably not the best example. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's all we got time for today. We will be back here on Monday.